What we have here is a boost. A signal, a signal boost. boost. A boost for comic book Kickstarter campaigns. Brought to you by Spoiler Country. Each episode we bring you current campaigns that we think you should support. Talk with the creators to give you insight into the project and spread the love of indie comic books. Now sit back, grab a drink, and listen to what we have to offer you today. Alright, welcome back to Spider Country. I'm Kendrick Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And Johnny, it has been too fucking long. It has been way too long. It, December is such bad. a hard month to do anything because we both have all these obligations. Work's been incredibly nuts. And Tuesday, I'm getting on a plane and not coming back for two weeks. I'll be gone. I'll be in Atlanta and then in Michigan, and I don't come back until the 4th of January. Yeah, and then I then starting on Friday this week, I'm on vacation for 12 days in a row. Not, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not are you doing a staycation? Kind of. We're thinking about going to Leavenworth, um, oh, teaching the kids Leavenworth. But uh, it all depends on like hotel pricing and stuff. I mean, we found some places even this close to it, we can get an Airbnb for like five hundred dollars for a couple nights. Oh, uh, we all. I just go for the day. I just leave yeah, early in the morning yeah. and go, and then get there by like nine a.m., ten a.m., and then I'm back by. It's like only two 7. hours from our house. It's only two hours from our house. Yeah, so. I mean, it's just it's not that bad. It's I like going to Leavenworth. I don't, you know, I don't. There's not a lot to do there with the, for the kids. That's true. That's true. So I don't know. Going like go for the day. You make a day out of it. You maybe you do some sledding. People don't know oh, yeah. Leavenworth is near Wenatchee, which is basically in the middle of the mountains, and they have a small town that decided, well, we don't have anything to get people out here, so they made their whole town into a small German village, and and it's really it's really cool. yeah. It looks like a German village that would be in a Grimm's fairy tale. And they are so stuck on this and so into oh, it that yeah, it's, it's if you want to open up a store on the main street, you have to sign a contract agreeing. Even McDonald's and Safeway had to sign a contract agreeing to make their, their storefronts fit the theme of, fit the, theme of the yeah, town. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. They Especially at Christmas time, they really go all out. They have these huge events oh, and the huge Christmas tree lighting. And, there's, and it snows every year there, so you get a ton of snow. And they have sleigh rides. Yeah. And they just... They really it. They really go all out. It's actually a really cool event. So that you guys it are is, be it fun. Is. But so if I do go, I'll, I'll, I'll post pictures on, on our Twitter account. There you go. But we're not here to talk about Leavenworth and in, in staycations. No, no, we're here for another Kickstarter signal boost, and we have two amazing ones to bring to you. We do, and and these are both ones that I did not have to reach out to. They reached out to me. Yeah, it, we've gotten <laughs> to a point now that we, which it's 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 nice. It's it helps it us out nice. when people are reaching out. And it just shows. It just goes to show that we've made some inroads and and made some waves that people are like, "Hey, I want to be on Spoiler Country to get my get my product out there." And it it's yeah. awesome because it is. You know, we love spreading the independent scenes to as many people as we can get possibly. Oh yeah, onto oh, hell it because yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and. I gotta, I gotta, I wanna, before we go into it, I wanna apologize to Nander Fox, uh, the, our first one here tonight, because it took me like three weeks to get him scheduled on to, to record. <laughs> yeah, he reached out like forever ago. Matter of fact, and yeah. he did it through our Spoiler Country Facebook, which is a wonderful way to get hold of us. But Twitter is probably <laughs> the best way, or just emailing spoilercountry at gmail.com. Yeah, I wouldn't say Facebook's a good way to get a hold of us because when you were, when you send us a message on Facebook, our Facebook page, it doesn't go to like our messenger account. It goes to pages, which you have to have the pages app installed on your phone to actually get the damn message. Yeah, well, I get it, and then I sent it to you because I don't do these KSBs. Yeah. You do, you do them. I know, and I I'm know. like, but hey, I, did you I, talk I, to, a- to Nandor? And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> y- yes. And I was like. <laughs> Well, because lately, the last like month, I've kind of been off of Facebook. You know, well, I only I only check it once a day. You know, I think and I only we can set up an auto message me. for Facebook, and we should probably just set that up to say, "Hey, you know, e- email us, email us." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we should. I'll, I'll, I'll look so we that. have two great ones: Nander Fox Schaefer with Lifeline and Zane yep. Shinwari. Yep. Did I say that right? Shinwari, 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 Shinwari. Zane Shinwari. Sorry, um, with Elemental Balance. Yep, and before we go into them, we only have two this time because it's December. It's hard, it's hard to schedule things, and both of these guys I talked to for a good solid twenty minutes. Yeah, so there's there wasn't a lot of time left in the whole in the episode. To, in the, I just wanted to have a super long episode to have more. Well, there you go. 
So who are we listening to first? Let's Nander Fox. Nandor Fox. Let's check out what Nandor has to say. I love his first name, Nandor. Yeah. It sounds like something <laughs> that should be on Star Trek. <laughs> right, right. I love it. All right. <laughs> My name is Nandor Fox Schaefer. I'm the creator and writer of the new graphic novel project Lifeline, which is on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's uh, Lifeline is a collaborative graphic novel project with seven uniquely skillful artists with ranging styles from around the world to tell a captivating tale of family, legacy, and reflection. It's told from the perspective of um, all these different characters in the main character's life, Lewis, and with each uh, different chapter is a different artist who um, you get to see this one's man, one man's life uh, told from the perspective of different people in his life and how um, those people and relationships can define your life and how they can change someone or how that person can change them. It's a really simple story in the fact that it um, it's just telling a life story of someone. It's but it's a really complicated and sophisticated story and the fact that we're using and featuring seven different artists from all around the world. That's that's such a cool idea. I love uh, collaborative stories that like you have multiple people deal with the to tell one overall big story. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. So when you were when you were giving your spiel there, um I heard 70 artists and I was like, "Holy shit, that's a huge book." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, how do you manage yeah. that?" <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. I had I had an artist for each panel. <laughs> yeah, like, you draw this panel, you draw this. That'd be that'd be it. Now, if you could pull that off, that'd be impressive. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I thought about that. I actually did think about that at one point when I was writing this story and and working with all these different artists. I thought, what if, like, what would a comic book page look like with like all these different artists doing a separate panel on one page? Like, I bet it'd look really. Maybe maybe a little disjointed, a little weird, but I bet pretty. I don't know, just ambitious and and you, innovative and like, you would need a really good art director, a really good art editor for that to make that work right, and it it could come out beautiful, you know. Yeah, if yeah. You had somebody who, if you had if you had an art editor or art director for that for that book that like, or even, or even yourself if you can do that to to make sure that you know, the art from panel to panel that doesn't match, but like flows through it with different artists that could be really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that's so awesome about Lifeline. This book is, you know, even though um, it's it's seven artists, and and what makes that so amazing and such a, a hook, I think, and really interesting is because every artist has their own style, and they, you know, different medium. Like like Chapter Five artist, he does traditional watercolors. Um, chapter uh, six artists is like black and white, um, you know, like ink wash sketches. And, and then you have chapter four, which, um, is all digital media, but, and then the color palette is this, uh, blue tone to it. And so, um, you get to see how all these artists work and how they complement each other and how each, each artist's, um, style complements the story and is trying to, uh, visually convey what that uh, the point of the story and what the the that character's perspective too because each chapter is narrated by a different character um, and it's it takes place in Lewis's a different point in Lewis's life and you see how the visuals complement that and how they actually make it a lot more um, that makes this the the story and the the situations and the conversations. Um, such more engaging, you know, and, and a lot more, um, what would you say, I guess, uh, just um, appealing to people. Yeah. It's, it's, a way to, it's a way to grab them and a way to uh, make them go, oh, wait, like, what is this? Like, this is, it, it's, a, it's an eye catcher. It's, it's, and that's what I really wanted this book to do is uh, catch people off guard and be like, well, how, how is this you know, story going to work with this artist and does it does it flow well? And, and, and also um, you have the present day pages, which are kind of by Patrick Biermeyer and he's an amazing artist. He did the cover art for the book. And um, these present day pages uh, are these preludes to each chapter. And so you have this one connecting connected story 
and then you have all these flashbacks in Lewis's life. And that's that's how I wanted to keep people on track because that way they won't feel so like, oh, we're going here and here and here. It's like there's actually this um, glue to it that will kind of anchor you throughout the story. Well, that's cool because it, it actually makes a lot of sense to tell a story throughout someone's life with different artists because, you know, in your own life, throughout your life, at different points in time, you're not the same person, right? You've, you've grown, right, you've changed, exactly. you've learned something. So your aesthetics change, you know, from when you're 16 to when you're 36. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so much changes in that amount of time in your life. It's pretty, pretty crazy. You know, just a couple of years, your whole life can change. Oh, and I, I agree completely. I mean, when I was 22, I was trying to make comics and single when I was 24, I was married with two kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just two years. Yeah. That, that's a whole other dynamic. And, yeah. um, and what's so cool too, about, about, um, the story and, and how, I wanted to keep continuity with it is um, so in chapter two, uh, Lewis, the main character, he's uh, hit by this, this car. He's riding his bike and um, he gets this big gash on his face. Um, and it's this scar, this like deep uh, scar that from that chapter on, you see that through the rest of his life, there's like a continuity of that scar. And also um, he's gifted this wristwatch in chapter one and um, if if you're paying really paying close attention when you're reading the story, um, you see that wristwatch uh, with him throughout the entire book, and it's never like not on him. Um, That's and, cool. Yeah, it's a way to visually kind of you know make the reader feel like they're uh, also there's a it capitalizes like why all that why all those little visual you know cues are there is you know to reward the reader and be like hey thanks for sticking with this story you know from beginning to end because by the time you get to the end um you know it'll come full circle and you'll realize you know why those little things were there even though they're very you know minute minuscule it's it's really important and you know we we go through that through our lives you know like like if, if we had an accident or if you know, we have little mementos or things we carry with us throughout our life that we're really sympathetic t- towards, and um, I think it was a really human uh, aspect to the to the story and Lewis himself too. Oh, for sure, man, this is super intriguing. I gotta say, I'm scrolling through the page right now, and yeah. you mentioned your chapter four artist has this cool blue tone and stuff like that. Uh huh. So it's kind of funny because Scott Austin is a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think he might have uh, been the one to recommend me to um, check you guys out because. Um, nice. Yeah, and and I was like, well, hey, if it's a recommendation from Scott Austin, then you know I'm totally gonna um, you know look into it more seriously because I love Scott's work. And, oh yeah, uh, he's fa- his like, artwork is fantastic. Oh, I know. Like I'm, you know, I bought his, uh, I, I supported his Indiegogo, you know, for Cybernetic Punk. Oh, and, me too. Me too. Yeah, and I got that book, you know, a couple months ago, and I read it, and that um, I've said this before to some of my friends, and to like still now like i'll say it again like that's one of the best um self-published indie books i've ever read maybe you know like like in 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 this scene in this indie comic scene uh you know someone who's not been with like a big publisher or anything just to do that uh you know he did everything and letters you know the story the, the art and the production of it and everything and um it's it was one of the the most uh, satisfying reads I've had recently. Yeah, that book needs more press because it's such an amazing yeah. book. You know, when you read it, um, if you notice, it, it, it's an odd character, but there's the the four armed bartender. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, ba- yeah. oh, I back to the level of um, you know, be in the Get book for Scott because, like, yeah. well, because I wanted to, I wanted to donate a certain amount, and that happened to be the amount that I wanted to donate to support to support him because I've known Scott for. God, at least ten years since he was since oh. back when he was doing Heroes Inc. on as a webcomic. Yeah. So, and that was the one. So he made me a a, a bartender, which which was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through that, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I, sh- I, th- I think that I or the character based on, that looks like me shows up in like two or three panels on uh, in like the middle of the. I can't remember what page it's in the middle of the book somewhere. But that book is yeah. fantastic. But we're not we're here, we're here to talk about your book, not Scott's book. <laughs> <laughs> So this is actually a cool idea. I like I like the idea. I like stories that you know go through time and 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 you know, I, you know I'm a big the stories that I read generally for comics anymore are not really superhero books. They're more like yeah. tales or or interesting adventures or things that make me think or make me go, 
hmm, this is this this is intriguing. And the idea of of, of basically following someone through their life and you know, it, it's something that people can relate to, you know, because especially if you're getting older and you have kids, you're like, Oh, I can relate to a lot of this life stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's um that's something that I was very conscious about in writing it was um you know, almost uh in a sense, uh almost any age group, you know, can relate to this story because um, you know, you follow him from a young boy to a teenager to um, a uh, young adult, you know, to a, um, a middle-aged man, you know, to elderly years. It's like um, you can uh, really. I, I wanted I wanted the story to relate, you know, to people so that they could, you know, th- they themselves kind of look back on their life or look at where they are now and go. Yeah, I'm feeling that right now, or, or yeah. I've been through that, or I remember that that conversation, or that that time in my life that um, you know really shook me or made me look at things a lot uh, a lot more differently than I do now. And um, and something you know about about lifeline, you know, the title in itself is like you know, this kind of play on words of uh, you know someone's timeline, but it's their right. lifeline. Right, and, right, and yeah, and uh, it's it's about that. Um, continual progression you know of growing up and uh kind of seeing the people that have grown up with you and that's it's really cool because throughout the story you see the same characters and you see how they change you know physically and um how the relationships change between certain people and it keeps everything in a very even though it's it's just what happens in life you know but life is very complicated it's a struggle it's it's one of the hardest things you can do you know right. and, it is. It's, it is. Yeah, life is is sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's you know um, all these ups and downs, and uh, that's that's what really drew me to the story. And then I thought, well, you know, if if I'm going to make this even more interesting, then um, like you were saying, you know, every every stage or you know chapter in your life, um, it's it's different. You're not the same person, and to convey that visually, I was like, I want to find. And I had a list of artists. I was like, I want to uh, find, you know, the, the best artists for the story. And even when I was writing some of the chapters, I had certain people in mind. And it was um, amazing that when I contacted them, um, they were available. And they're like, heck, yeah, like, I'd love to work on this. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's perfect. Like, that's exactly what I wanted. And Scott was one of those people. But also, um, like, Erwin, Jay Rosa does Chapter 6. And... Uh, Lyndon White, who does uh, Chapter Three, he's a pretty big UK indie indie artist, and, and and I love that. Like I'm working with someone in the UK, I'm working with someone in the Philippines, uh, you know, Scott's in Sweden. It's like that's right. so amazing to work with all these people from all around the world. It definitely gives your book an eclectic view, right? Because you've got. I feel like when you work with people from other parts, especially on a, on a, on a collaborative work like this, uh, it gives yeah. you you know different viewpoints, if, especially in the art, because you you see you know, how they see this, like the, the, your chapter six art is just beautiful, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's just, it's fantastic. I mean, all the art's <laughs> great, but like, I'm a big fan of, of black and white. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Me too. And that's what, you know, seasons, my first book, like that's all black and white. And, um, I have a, I have a soft spot for just the, the raw bare minimum, but it's so, it's, it, it, it just captures you, you know, like yeah. it, it, it kind of transcends, you know, like, um, some of the color work you see from people just because it's it's totally laid bare and for you to you know concentrate on the story more than anything yeah i feel like sometimes with uh with with colored work your your eyes get lost in the colors and you miss some of the details yeah. of the artwork you know yeah definitely um it's it's it, it can be um you know depending upon like how much flash and color there is it, it can definitely be uh a distracting or just kind of like it, it moves your eyes to something else where you're like, Oh, I didn't like that happened. Like, Oh, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was looking right, at something. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But man, this looks, this is a cool idea. I like, I like this. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. And you know, it's only been, um, let's see, today's the 12th. It's been 12 days and, um, you know, we're already uh, like halfway funded and nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's so exciting for me because, uh, it's, I've gotten so much support in such a little time and, um, you know, seeing people's reactions and telling me and, you know, like sharing it here on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it's like, um, 
especially compared to my first book, like I, I can see the the progression, you know, of because this is only my second book, so it's like I'm I'm seeing how things are kind of, you know, I'm, I'm catching traction and and fans, you know, love seasons, uh, you know, coming back to this, and um, it's really exciting for me because I, you know, I want I lo- I love the book, you know, like I. Right. I I mean, myself, you know, it's like I, I love this story. And I love working with all these people. But then seeing others' reactions and being like, oh, my gosh, like, this is such a cool idea. Like, I love this. And I'm just like, it just makes me so excited to, you know, put it out there and bring it to life. Right, right. And as of recording this, you have 19 days left. Uh, when this releases, you'll have, um, I think, 15 days or 16 days left because it was on, on the 15th. So, yeah. I mean, you're halfway there. You're, I mean, you're less – you're – Currently, you're you have more than half the campaign left, and you're you're already you know at half at halfway there. So that's that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely what I wanted. Um, you know, going into it, and you know, it's it's like uh, uh, it, it keeps it you know where I have to you know keep keep sharing it, and keep telling people about it. I love spreading the word, and I've been you know trying to get it out there as much as I can. Like going to all my different local shops here and the next city, you know, where I live, and everything. It's like it's. Uh, I've you know made flyers and I'm putting them up and it's it's really awesome though because I love I love seeing people's reactions and um, you know uh, just it, it's so fun showing them all these different artists work and um, having them uh, really be intrigued by it and kind of like asking me questions and uh, and it's you know I love I love making comics I love it so much and I love oh, working yeah. so many different people and that's what I really wanted to do going into this book, because um, of seasons, I, I worked with you know one artist, Anthony Gonzalez Clark, and he's such an amazing artist, and I, and I love working with him. But I wanted to work with more people and kind of like spread my you know wings and kind of like see how it is working with others and um, see if I could actually do that. It was kind of an experiment in, in one sense, and then it just kept on um, being successful, and I was like, oh man, this is so cool, like. I I love seeing all these different people's art styles and how they all come together. And I remember when I got all the pages back, like from every artist and had all the chapters, you know, kind of side by side. And I looked at them and like one complete piece, you know, and I was like, Oh man, this is, this is a big deal. Like, this is really, uh, you know, I haven't really seen this, uh, been done before, but you know, when I was writing it, I, um, <laughs> I didn't really think about it because when you're writing it, you just see it as one, story one complete thing but then um when you have all these other people involved it totally creates this sense of community and makes the project a lot bigger than you know when you're kind of in the zone and you're in it in yourself um and i love that about the uh, kickstarter video is like if you watch the video you get to um, not only see me uh, but you get to see the uh, all the other artists and they talk about their chapters and where they're from where they live and um, you really get that idea and sense that, you know, this is uh, a communal project, something that all of us want to make and want to put out there together. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's, that's cool that you got such buy-in from the artist, too, to be uh, such a, you know, integral part of the storytelling, not, not just a story, but like the, the campaigning here. That's that's really cool, man. I I, I really hope that this, this makes it all the way to goal. I mean, I think it will. So our, just so you know, it's kind of funny. Our track record on the show of, of campaigns mm-hmm. coming on and making it to goal is pretty damn good. <laughs> Wee, hey, hey, I love that idea. <laughs> our, our percentage is like, I think I think we're at like, last time I checked it, which was like two months ago, we were at like 93% of people who have come on the show have hit have hit goal. Now, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's because of us. I'm just saying that it's over yeah, the last yeah. year. <laughs> it means you're, you're talking to the right people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, people are sending me the right ones. They, they get funded, you know. I, I, I can't yeah. say I can't say it's from us, but I can't say it's not from us either, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, think it, I mean, I think it's totally, uh, uh, you know, best of both worlds there. You know, like like you, you like with your audience, you know, and then, um, you know, just getting it out there wherever you can. It's it's. I think that's awesome, you know, and and having such a fan base like you like you guys do, maybe maybe it really does make a difference, and that's a, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think any promo for a Kickstarter for comics is great because it's it's hard to get the word out there. And I do know we have a couple of fans who try to each Kickstarter segment we do, they usually they have a couple of fans or listeners of our show that will back at least one of them um, each month, which is which is pretty which makes me and they'll, they'll always tweet at me and tell me which one they back, which is pretty cool. Oh, sweet, yeah, I love yeah. that. I love those tweets. 
yeah, I love I love the reaction tweets of like you know, oh, I, I this this sounded awesome. You know, I'm like, oh yes, okay, we picked a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I appreciate your time today. Um, I your book looks fantastic. I like I love the idea behind it. Um, I look forward to to reading it someday. And um, I, everybody listening, if you check the show notes down below, there'll be links. If you're if you're on Twitter, I will definitely be tweeting out about this for the next couple of weeks. So. Go check it out, Lifeline on Kickstarter. And then again, Nander, thank you so much for talking to me. And sorry it took us so long to get this scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. It's been a blast. So Lifeline sounds really cool. Yeah, Lifeline sounds awesome. After we were done talking, yeah. I uh, – talked to him for about 10 minutes more um kind of like hey man your book's kind of like my book in a different vein it don't yeah. tell in the stories throughout time it was it was pretty cool he was he was cool to talk with yeah seven seven writers seven no he has seven artists, seven artists. he's a writer and he's doing all the writing yeah yeah and one of the artists is my buddy uh scott austin he did from uh, exactly from the opposite of you <laughs> right you're right. gonna have everybody else write and you do all the art yeah except for we, i changed that because it's too much work <laughs> well yeah you, you have a very um What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say it's not auspicious. Well, it's very auspicious of you, yeah, but it's yeah. you, you have a very like it's a huge project. It is a huge project, and hopefully the first issue will be going out on in February of 2019. So yeah, so so that look, but Lifeline sounds really cool. It does I, sound I, cool. I hope Nander all the best, and I really hope he gets funded completely on his Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will. He was he was he's pretty he's pretty close. All right. Well, next up is Zane Shinwari with Elemental Balance. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Zane, and um, I'm with Inzane Comics. And so the comic book that uh, we have right now on Indiegogo is called Elemental Balance. And it's um, three chapters that are going to be on Indiegogo coming out on December 12th. Um, So basically, the Elemental Balance is a story about four strangers who gain the powers of the elements after dying by their element. And the story... I'm sorry? I said, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so they gain their powers after they die by it. And um, the story just follows their journey of trying to figure out why they got these powers. And uh, in the process, they realize that they're actually being followed by someone. Now, this story is not like your typical uh, superhero story in that um, these people don't actually want to have these powers. Right. Uh, they're just trying to figure out why did they get these powers. So basically, they prefer to have a normal life. So um, that's kind of the essence of the story. Um, it goes into more detail and kind of goes into more uh, different areas. Um, right. But right. but yeah, that's basically the essence of the story. So if someone wants to go to Indiegogo and, and support this or back this, what would they be getting? Would they be getting a single issue or multiple issues or what can they get? Oh, so um, when they go on Indiegogo, there's uh, several options. Uh, essentially, it's going to be three issues that they're going to be getting. Um, the funds are going to be used to support creating the fourth issue. So far, everything has been self-funded. Um, along with those three issues, there's just a lot of merchandise that uh, I'm also going to be adding as perks, uh, along with the issues that are sp- specific for these crowdfunding campaigns, uh, like stickers. And um, actually, there's going to be a few that are intended for international customers that are going to be these metal pins. Oh, nice. Um, nice. So each one of these elementals have a uh, symbol. And you don't know what that you, – you'll see that symbol a lot. You won't know what it is. Or, I mean, you will have an idea that it, it means what the, you know, the elemental power. But you won't know the reference to why we're continuously showing these symbols until towards the end. So a lot of stuff – and this is one of the things that I find very – interesting when whenever i give this story to someone to read have you read the story by any chance i've read through the first little bit you sent me i have not finished it because i got pulled away with actual with like my actual day job stuff <laughs> uh, okay no worries no worries so it's it's very interesting that whenever i send this story to someone and they read it it's the, there's these comments were like well what happened to this well what happened to that and because i'm purposely creating these um uh gaps if you will right uh, or questions uh, that start getting answered towards the, towards the end because um, the story was actually written as a graphic novel or more so like a novel. It, it all ties in. Every issue is is one is an independent issue, 
but also uh, holds um, story elements that will carry on till the end of the end of the series. And and the end of the series, by the way, it's it's going to be about a seven comic book series or so. So it's a, it's relatively a short story, if you will. How many how many how many pages per uh, per book are you doing? So they they are about uh, twenty pages to twenty four pages. The, the first two are actually twenty pages, um, and that's content. Um, and then the third one is twenty four. And then you know as we start going more into the depth of the story, the pages will start increasing. And you said uh, you have about seven seven total issues planned for the series. Yeah, yeah, about seven seven to eight total that's a, issues. Yeah, that's a good hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty pages right there. That's yeah. a story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a full story. The story's already been written; it's fully complete. And actually, this story—I'm um, doing something crazy here, but uh, I'm actually tying it into a shared universe. Um, kind of, yeah, kind of falling. <laughs> Good luck DC with that. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so here's here's what I'm really so I'm kind of the way I'm making the shared universe is that. Um, they tie in in very slight ways. So it'll be more like Easter eggs if, you know, with each story you read, uh, there'll be Easter eggs. So, for example, um, I have another story that I'm writing. It's called The Lost King. And um, in the Elemental Balance, there's a scene where the element, the elementals go on this cliff in Japan and it has like these pillars. Mm-hmm. So you don't, that's, the, that's all you see. I mean, it basically is insignificant to the story, uh, to this story, but in the lost King, the lost King actually goes to Japan and goes to that same pillar that those guys were in, but in the past. And Interesting. I like stuff like that. And, and there's some kind of reference to why he's there. So it's these small things that I want to add and interject into it, but just because I think it's it'll be cool, it'll be pretty fun right. to it. So it's like it's like extra stuff you could catch if you read them all, but you don't have to necessarily. I don't. Know, I, I you don't have to necessarily read everything to get everything, but like there's if you if you catch it, then you catch it. And it's kind of a cool kind of, kind of a cool bonus then. Right. Exactly. Because I want it to be you know you know using a comic book as a medium. It's a picture medium. You know, unlike movies where everything just kind of goes by really quickly, a comic book, at least you can flip back through pages and yeah. go back to things. And, and if you can make it into something where people can read it over and over again and get more information every time they read it, I mean, I think that's – I enjoy it when I read comic books like that. And yeah. so I want to be able to do that in, in any kind of the comic books that I write. Well, for the most part, you can tell how good of a book you've read if people have read it more than once. Yeah, Ri- yeah. Not written, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you don't want to put it down, then yeah, that was cool. But if you pick it up again, then it's like, okay, this is there's there's something people want to get more out of the story, you know? Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting. So, so one of the things that uh, that when I was writing this story, um, there's two aspects to this story. Really, there's a physical aspect. So I use the elements are actually an excuse, basically, or or a byproduct. Because what the story, the essence of the story is understanding the difference between the physical world that we understand, like matter, right. and then there's the world that we don't understand, like, and I, I'm not, I don't go into like soul and stuff like that, but more like, uh, what are, what are feelings? What are, what are, um, you know, when you make a decision or um, you make a choice, like, what are those things? Like, because... Uh, that seems to me that if every single person is made from, you know, the same, you know, essentially the same ingredients, how do we think differently? So there is right. some kind of aspect to things that we don't understand. Um, so there's so there's two elements happening in the story simultaneously. You're having the the physical world, and then you're having these decisions being made that um, are related to people's emotions. You know, so. With these four characters, they're very distinct characters. They have their own personalities. So they make decisions based on their own personalities. Um, but uh, what I found really interesting with this, and this was not intentional at all. So when I give this comic book to you know different critics, the male critics talk more about the physical aspect of the story of like the powers and uh, you know the what's happening over here, the action. And the females talk more of the emotional side of it, of the there's a little bit of romantic scenes happening and some, uh, you know, one of the main characters breaks up with this guy. 
And he talked more on that side, on the emotional side. And I thought that was really fascinating because it's certain it things that different people are catching on. That is uh, fascinating. It, it, it always intrigues me what different people from different walks of life get out of stories because it's always it's you know what I read from a story is gonna be different than what somebody else reads from a story, and that's one of the to me one of the beauties of comics and of literature is the fact that more than one person can read the same exact thing and get something different out of it. Exactly, and you know, for me, uh, so you know, like all there's this all this conversation going about you know like diversity in the comic books and right, and right. whatnot, and, and I'm not going to touch too much on this. Uh, it's you know, a controversial topic. <laughs> it's a very touchy topic right now. Very touchy topic, but you know, for me, I actually really, in, to me, diversity is in thought, and yeah. coming from. You know, I come from a diverse background, if you will. Right. And um, but I was born in the U.S. And so what's interesting is that with my parents being immigrants, you know, what people don't understand, like, you know, from where they're from, uh, people expect me to think in a certain way. And then, right. you know, in America, people expect me to think in a certain way. But being raised in an immigrant family, but living in America, I have something called a subculture. Yep. It's the mixture of two cultures. And representing that story or those kind of stories in those in, in that viewpoint you know i i really want to do that because i think there's something really exciting about that that people just probably are not aware of that is cool uh, i mean different voices tell different stories right even though you grew up here you have a different voice because of your heritage of your family right and yeah. that gives you a different voice and say someone like me who i am i think i'm like sixth generation british in america you know so <laughs> it's a different story you know <laughs> Yeah, I actually am so curious because I've uh, I've uh, ordered one of those twenty three and Me's to find out where my heritage is actually from. Oh yeah, I, d- I did that. Yeah. I did that. Oh, you did that for Black? Yeah. Did you do it during Black Friday or did you? Uh, I did it. I did it last two years, two or three years ago during Black Friday. My mom bought one. My mom did it for all of us, and uh, uh, we did it. And it turns out that so for my whole life, we thought that um, my family, like my dad, was uh, uh, an eighth Cherokee, and that I would be a sixteenth Cherokee because of that and my mom thought she had Cherokee on her side or, or sorry she had Mohawk on her side and you know, different Native American races because of my 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 dad grew up in Oklahoma if you look at my aunt who's his you know full-on blood sister she looks like she's walked off of reservation uh, she was actually born on the reservation in Oklahoma like she was born there um, they were told that their grandma was a was full-blooded Cherokee we got back all of our our tests not a single drop of Native American blood all of it was was British and Scottish and Irish and like According to Ancestry, I'm like 79% British. <laughs> I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> that changes everything we thought about the family. <laughs> yeah, so our uh, my answer, so we have a, uh, a book. I haven't seen this, but we have a family tree book that dates back like 300 or 400 years, something That's like awesome. that. That is awesome. So, I mean, like the first few pages are actually made of like animal skin. Oh, damn. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool, but I haven't seen it. You know, like, I mean, these are just myths, and I'm like, let me see it because I right. don't believe it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, apparently my last name, Shinwari, so if any of your viewers' name is last name is Shin, I'm curious if they can verify this. But so my last name, Shinwari, apparently there was a uh, a tribe of, of Jews that left and went to Afghanistan, and they were called Shin, the, the tribe of Shin. Mm-hmm. And so when, when they came to Afghanistan, they, they changed it to where they became the lost tribe of Shin, oh. and that it was called Shinwari. I was, like, it makes for a, I was like, it makes for a heck of a cool story. Yeah, but, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so I was like, and then and then my first cousins, like one of my first cousin um, looks, has, has uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. Uh, and then uh, I mean, and there's no mixture. I mean, there's there's no mixture. They're they're all like in that same subregion. Um, and I have a first cousin who looks Asian, and in <laughs> fact, he, he looks almost exactly exactly like um, Genghis Khan. He, oh, he interesting. Stood, yeah, he, he we went to a museum once, and he was standing there, and people were trying to take pictures with him because he looked just like that. So it's we have such a different uh, uh, you know looks or appearances. So yeah. I was like. I, I really want to know what is like, what am I all made up of? Um, that stuff is so interesting. Heritage and like ancestry is so interesting. I've, I've spent so much time with my mom going through our family tree and ancestry and like figuring out who's come from where and where everybody's from. And like, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm, I'm really like, so I'm really fascinated by history. And oh yeah, me too. And, and so I use a lot of that in my stories actually. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, because like what I like to do is I like to get a little bit of a science and try to find where the gaps are mm-hmm. uh, and make stuff up, you know. Right, and then right. it, and the great thing for me, which is kind of it's going to sound a little weird, I love history, but I can never remember dates and names. <laughs> I, I'm just horrible. Like it, I'm like, yeah, you remember when the Persians did this and like what what time? I was like, ah, I don't remember. Yeah. So, yeah. so not remembering actually helps me with stories because then I don't plagiarize. <laughs> Right, exactly. You make, you make your own thing, and that that actually makes. I mean, to, I, I remember dates. I have, I have a weird memory for dates for some reason. But like, honestly, when it comes to history, I don't think people. Should, I don't think you should have to remember dates and stuff like that. Is remembering like the the concepts of what happened and, and and you know what happened so you can talk about it is more important than actually oh this happened on this date with this person. You know. Yeah, it's just it just feels like a weird thing because you lose credibility. I feel like if you don't know those things. I, yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah. speaking out of personal. I mean, whenever I'm having these conversations and people know exact dates and names, they they seem to sound more credible than me. But then I'm like, well, that. you know, I'm like, you know what? Well, I'll write a story about it. <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll use a lot of those things that inspired. Um, you know, I, recently I, I've been watching uh, Empire Games on Netflix. Oh, I've heard I've heard that's really good. Really good. And, you know, I can't shake off this feeling that as I'm watching it, I feel like I'm watching Game of Thrones. It's so weird because, like, when they talk about the Romans, it's like the Romans' story from, like, the way they had, a re- they had relationships, like they had incest. Re- have you watched Game of Thrones, by the way? I've watched part of Game of Thrones. I can never get oh. into it because I have five kids, so all my kids are always around. Oh, yeah, you, you don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't want then don't watch it. But a lot of the elements in uh, Game of Thrones seem like they're really inspired by uh, actual history. So it's it's really cool how you know uh, you know we have those as a tool to look at because history in itself is so fascinating. So it is it is you know I've it's funny because like I sat my wife and I sat and watched the first like two or three episodes of Game of Thrones and it was interesting. But then like we never got a chance to sit and watch it again because every time we're sitting to watch it, I have a kid next to me. I'm like, well, I don't want my kid watching this. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that I mean, pretty much uh, you can never an, watch it. <laughs> it's an invest at this point. It's a huge investment to watch all of Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I don't know. I have so many shows I want to watch. I don't know if I have it in me to add another show to it. Although my 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 best friend Josh, he's always like. It's his favorite show. He's, he's been trying to talk me into watching it for, God, five years, I think. <laughs> and, you know, it's – I don't know why, but I feel like the first season was unbearable to watch. Like – or not – I don't know if it's like in any show you watch, it takes you a little while to get into it because like a lot of the concepts they have in there, it's just – it's hard to stomach because right, they right. really I, cross a lot of boundaries. But then eventually yeah. you're just like, then what happened? And then what happened? Well, and th- then they're think- – I think with any show like that, it's a, a high drama fantasy type show. There's an investment you have to make and a, a suspension of disbelief you have to give. And once you've gotten past, like, say, the first story arc or the first season, you know the characters at that point to where everything after that becomes easier to digest. Digest. It's just getting through that first bit where you're learning about everybody because you have to learn you know, who all the characters are, their relationships. And there's a in Game of Thrones in the first season, there's a lot of that to learn. <laughs> I know. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I look at these stories and look at these shows that are successful. And I always try to figure out how to, you know, what to look for and how to be careful when I'm writing my own stories. And as writing a comic book, it's very difficult because, you know, when you think about like doing character development, you can't get too caught up on the character development because then you're wasting too much time. And, right. you know, with your readers, you know, you have to find that fine balance of, you know, getting to the point and start getting to the story, but also, you know, expanding on it. And where do you focus your time and where do you do, you know, that? Um, Yeah, it comes down to you have to you have to to respect your readers intelligence, but also not not uh, make them have too many assumptions. You know, it's it's a really fine balance. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, And go ahead. Oh, finish, finish your thought. No, I'll ask my question. No, I was just going to just add on to that. I mean, um, but uh, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it wasn't important then. <laughs> right, it wasn't important then. So I was just going to ask back on, back onto your book. Um, who's, who, who all is working on this book with you or is this all by yourself? No, no so I have a team. Um, so I am the writer. Uh, I have an artist, uh, Luke Horseman. Um, for the first three issues, he's worked on the artwork. Uh, he's he's done the pencil inking and the coloring. Okay. Um, and then you know, for me, I felt like that's uh, 
a little bit over you know overwhelming him to give all that so i've started to kind of um have it to where he's doing the penciling and inking and i have another person matthias who's doing the uh, coloring and he's doing an amazing job he started working on chapter four um so some of the post the poster is out for chapter four and we're actually halfway done with it already oh nice um so by time that um the indiegogo is going to be released and the awards are going to be given we should be pretty much wrapping up with chapter four so we could pretty quickly um you know represent chapter four nice uh, or you know get chapter four out that's awesome um and then i have uh i have an editor as well um who's working on this um and then a letter and the editor is uh amy and uh, and then we just recently got um, a letterer named Davison who's going to start helping out with some of the sound effects and the different stuff. So we're awesome. we're we're expanding. Uh, I'm trying to also find because I was doing the lettering myself, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I want to start focusing on um, writing more stories because I have two more stories that are in draft right now. That when the elemental balance is complete, I want to get on you know working on that immediately to start getting that into production right right and having, having a good letter um can make can change the quality of your book intensely absolutely i mean you know i think that's the, one of those things that kind of uh people don't realize the importance of it um but it's a, it's a pretty significant job because they really carry your story i mean they can help with the pacing of the story and how oh, they yeah. put and put the you know the different wording it's a it's an art of its own and it Definitely. and it's the most unappreciated one too you know Unfortunately, definitely, definitely. I did. I did my own lettering for uh, God, 13, 14 years when I was doing web comics. Um, but then recently, when I started about two, two or three years ago, when I started flipping onto web comics and going into print comics, um, I learned the joy of having somebody else do lettering for you, and it being just a game changer. You know, just it looks so much, fa- so much better than than I could ever do myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it, you know. To me, I'm a. I feel like I'm a jack of a lot all trades, but I'm not the best at anything. So, you know, I think I think like these things you should focus on because I actually draw and sketch myself as well. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, I want I want to kind of um, focus on giving those works, uh, you know, to be you know to people that that's their niche, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. I do. I write. I I pencil. I ink. I color. I I used to let. I don't really. I only letter. So I do like serious comics and I do silly comics as well. I only letter my mm-hmm. silly stuff because I don't really care on that. I mean, that's just humor <laughs> stuff. It's fine. Yeah. But on the serious stuff, I'm like, no, I'm going to have somebody who's – that this is their forte to come in and do the lettering for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Cool, man. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I, I super appreciate your time. We actually talked for double the length I normally talk to somebody on, so that's good, right? <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of a little chatterbox. No, so. that's fine. That's fine. Um, it was good stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. And um, I will have links down in the show notes for everybody listening to click on to go to the Indiegogo to check it out. Um, I just want to say that I think it's hilarious and awesome that your name is Zane and you can call yourself in Zane Comics. And it just makes me <laughs> – it's that's cool. Um, I wish I had something. My name is just – I go by John, but my name is just the letter J, so I don't have much to do with it. So, Yeah. <laughs> but Well, Joker. <laughs> yeah. Joker. Well, that's kind of copywritten. You know, I can't really do that one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You can't do that. But um, – and also thanks to my – my I have my kids. My boys watch Ninjago all the time, so I hear the name Zane. I just think of Zane from Ninjago. So I, ah, Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, my name used to be unique when I was younger, and now it's not so much. Uh, yeah. Now they have like Zane Mullick in one direction as yep. well. Yep. You know, he's I guess he's own solo, so it's not any more unique. But <laughs> I still, I've only met a few people with my name of the letter J, so and most of them were in my family. So I, I'm, I think I'm pretty unique there still. So oh, cool, cool. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for your time, everybody listening. Check out the, the, the notes below uh, to click on the link, and also be on, I'll have it all over our Twitter page. Um, but again, thank you so much, Zane, for talking to me today, and I, I wish you the best of luck on the book. All right, thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Zane was really cool. Zane was a lot of fun to talk with. You know, we talked a yeah. lot about ancestry like and like it. heritage and shit, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the book sounds good. Yeah. He sent us if you check our email um or our Twitter account or something, I think it's Twitter, um, he sent us the first chapter to read. So you can, you, oh, cool. you can read that. So not yeah, for people listening to us, out. but for you, for, for you personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll check that out. That's really cool.
yeah. So they, they were both great to talk with. And as always, everybody listening, you can check out links to their shows in our show notes down below. Um, I highly suggest checking both of them out. Give them a back if you can. Give them a share if you can't. There you go. Well, I think that's it for this Kickstarter signal boost number 17 already, number which is 17. crazy. Yeah, we did 17 in a year. A little, little how, many, year so. how many people have we sent out into the world now? Oh, man, I, I should probably figure that out. I don't know. A lot. Yeah, we should tally that and say, this is how many people we've helped. At least, how many Kickstarters got funded. Dude, we, yeah, we should, we should do some, we should, I should do some stats on that. Thanks. Thanks for more stats homework. Appreciate that. You you do appreciate it. That's the thing. People, <laughs> he's sounding sarcastic, but believe me, he's got a chub. He just knocked the bottom of his desk. I, I am I am I am a little excited about it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like, loves it. More stats. I love stats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. guys. That's we a show. are obviously heard everywhere. Podcasts are heard. We're on all the social medias, so give us a holler and we'll holler back. And of course, we have a voicemail. But yeah. I don't remember the number. I never do. I, I know. And I have, I have memorized. So it's 707-656-2080. So one more time. It's 707-656-2080. Call and leave us a voicemail. Tell us a story. Tell us a, tell us a, your favorite indie book. Yeah, I think that's 707, which throws me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I think, I think that's a show. That's a show, I man. I think we're done. We're done. And don't forget to open that mind. And read more. See ya. See ya.